Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Pastor CJ is starting his new series, Secrets from the Closet. It is the closet or the secret place that God reveals himself to us as we pray. When our prayers increase, our worries decrease. We hope you enjoy this message. We truly miss you. We love you with all our hearts. We're looking forward to the day when we can get back to worship together in one accord. And so in the meantime, we continue to present to you on live stream, and we'll continue to be with you in your homes to bring the Holy Spirit. But I want to take a moment right now. My heart is so full this morning. I was telling Pastor Katie and Andrew and Tori that all day I was worshiping Lord before this time right now. To a point that I'm not kidding you, that to a point before I stepped into the front of this camera, that, man, I was literally shaking. I felt like there was electricity going through my body. I'm not kidding you. The Holy Spirit was just upon me all day. As I got up in the morning for prayer, there was a shadow across my yard, and it kind of scared me. I looked out there. Once again, there was all these deer out in my yard. I just think that God has a plan there with the deer. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul, Lord God, pants after thee. And my heart's desire is to be more of him and less of me. I die daily, I decrease that God, you may increase in my life. But in my prayer times, people came to my spirit that I want to pray for right now. And so I want to encourage you, stretch forth your hand as I pray for you today. And I want to call out specific people in prayer this morning that God laid on my hands. Father, I lift up Michael Robin to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that God, you are the God that healeth him right now. As Lord, as he's watching this broadcast, Broadcast right now. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will minister to him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. We stand on your word. Your word will not return void that by your stripes he is healed. I lift up Jeff Jorgensen, Father. I thank you for the praise reports that are taking place in his life, that his numbers are coming back to normal, and Lord, he's gaining his health back, his appetite, and all these things that are beginning to happen, and the countdown is getting closer, Lord, that he's able to to come home soon and very soon. Thank you for him and Val. We ask that you would comfort them and bless them as they're reaching the finish line. We give you praise for what you're doing there. Lord, I lift up D-Nack and I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you will continue to touch her and minister to her and bless her in Jesus' name. Heal her from the crowns of her head to the soles of her feet. I lift up Woody to you and ask that God, as he's there in the nursing home and no one can go and see him, he's all alone, but he has your presence, and I pray in Jesus' name that you will bless him, touch him, and minister to him. And Father, for the family in general, if there's needs out there right now, I want you to believe God right now to touch him. Believe for your miracle. You have not because you ask not. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will touch the Adventure Church people and those who are listening right now. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The Spirit of the Lord is saying you are healed. The Spirit of the Lord is saying that you are provided for, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. That is hope for you today, that our God is in control of every situation that you face right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him today, the King of kings and the Lord of lords over every circumstance, situation, and trial in your life. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you. I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm getting used to this camera looking at this green light. But I want to tell you, I'm tired of looking at the green light. I want to see your smiling faces soon. I'm getting ready to preach, and I want to just share with you about the title of the sermon that God gave me, Secrets from the Closet. Some time ago, I was praying, and God just began to speak to me. I wanted to go into a series, and God changed my whole heart about a series. And the reason why I'm calling it The Secrets from the Closet, because I want to be spontaneous of what God wants to do for me and speak to me during this time. When you get into a series, you're kind of locked into a groove or to a rut, and you have to continue to follow down that vein. But I'm calling it Secrets from the Closet because whatever God gives me for that moment, for that time, or for that season, I want to speak it. Prime example, the message that I'm going to preach today is not the message that I first intended to preach because today's message was fresh manner that God gave me on Thursday. I was going to preach a message that he gave me in the closet a couple days before that, and it totally changed. So Pastor Carolyn, who texts me and said who's looking forward to hearing that message, I'm here to tell you, Pastor Carolyn, I'm pre preaching a different message. So today, I want to talk to you about the secrets of the closet, and I pray that you have a piece of paper or a pencil and a pen that you can write things down or notes down today about what God has spoken to me about my, on my heart. When I was going to North Central Bible College, and at that time when I went there, it was called North Central Bible College. It was not North Central University like it is now. It was actually North Central Bible College. Some would call it North Central Bridal College because people go there, maybe possibly not because of the Lord, but maybe to find their mate. But I went there to find the Lord, and I also did find my mate and my best friend, my wife, Cheryl. But as I went to the North Central Bible College, I went right out of the world, right into North Central. As you know, that I didn't know really who Jesus was. I didn't even know who Joseph was. I didn't know any of the Bible characters in the Word of God. But as I began to go to class, I began to learn about who Jesus was. I began to learn about all the Bible characters in the Word of God. But I felt like something was happening in my spirit. I felt like I was beginning dry and I was feeling empty. That when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was on cloud nine. I was feeling his presence and his excitement in my life. And I was wondering, God, what's happening? And why don't I sense your presence like I've done before? But God began to speak to me. And he spoke to me about, CJ, you're losing my presence because you're not in my presence. And I said, God, what are you talking about? I'm not in your presence. I'm at Bible school. I'm learning about you every day. I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing all my classes, Pentateuch, and I'm in music and uh, all this stuff with Larry Bach and with Gordon Anderson and all these top professors, and they're pouring into me about Jesus. But God said, no, you're not in my presence. And the Lord said, I want you to start seeking my face and not my hand. And a lot of times that's the problem. When we go to God, we don't seek his face. We always want to seek his hand for what he can hand out to us, what he can give to us, what he can do for us. But God said, CJ, I want you to seek my face. So what I began to do, I, I would go during the fourth hour class there at North Central. That was my free class. 
I would go there on the second floor of the girls' dorm, which was a public prayer chapel there. And I would go in that prayer chapel for that whole entire class time. And I would just pray, God, man, speak to me. I felt like Samuel when, when God was speaking to Samuel, he went to Eli, and Eli said, I'm not speaking to you. Go back and say your servant is listening. So Samuel went back and said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I felt like that in his shoes. And I went there every day, Monday through Friday, during my fourth hour, I would go and seek God's face and not his hand. And God began to speak to me. And from God speaking to me, that's how I developed my ministry. Because after all, I didn't even know who God was, yet alone what ministry was. And I was now in charge of nursing homes, and I would go to the nursing home, and I would preach at nursing homes, and a lot of times, I didn't even know what to preach on. But as I went into the closet, God began to speak. You see, it's in the secret places where God gets intimate with his people. Outside of the closet, we have so much distraction, so much noise, so much busyness that goes all around us that it keeps us out of his presence. But in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And many Christians never experience the fullness of joy that God has for their life because they never take time to be in his presence. And one of the things that I've learned through that time of being at North Central and being in that time with God, that God began to pour out his spirit upon me. And as he poured, I began to write. And as he began to write, I began to put sermons together. Then I began to preach the manna that God gave to me to those North Central home people. And I sometimes didn't know what I was saying, even what I was doing. I was just being inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I would get excited that sometimes those deaf people, because many of them had hearing aids, and when they'd come to the service, they never had them in. But when they would say amen, it got me excited thinking, man, that must have been something that they really got a hold of. But I learned the secret. And one of the things is this. It's in the classroom. It's in the classroom I learned head knowledge. I learned all the head knowledge about who Jesus was, where he is from, what he did. I learned all the head knowledge about Moses, Abraham, Joseph, Isaac, and Jacob, all the head knowledge. But here's the thing. I learned all the head knowledge, but in the secret place, I received heart knowledge. I received heart knowledge where God poured out his Holy Spirit upon me. You see, God doesn't want heart knowledge. He wants you to take this 18-inch syndrome from the heart, from the head to the heart, and it's out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. God said, I'm going to fill your heart with joy and laughter and peace. You see, you can think things, you can imagine things, but it's got to come from your heart because after all, isn't that where God's enthroned upon? Your heart. And God began to speak. And one of the things that God showed me in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 8 through 8, it says this, and when you pray or go into your secret place or go into the place where you can get away from distraction, get away from people and just hear the voice of God. The Bible says, my sheep heareth my voice and they follow after me. So that is saying to me, if God says, my sheep hear your voice, then that means God speaks. But are you taking time to listen to what God is saying? 
He goes on to say, do not be like the hypocrites. The hypocrites means being somebody you're not, being somebody false, being a make-believe, being an invitation of, of, of who you're really supposed to be. And he says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now watch this next verse. But when you pray, I challenge you, I encourage you to pray. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on his name while he is near. I challenge you, I implore you to take time to pray and to seek him. He says, and when you pray, go into your room or your secret place or your altar that you have before the Lord. Go into that place. He says, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, shut the door to distractions. Shut the door to those things around you. You see, I always say wrong voices make wrong choices. And if you're making, listening to the wrong voice, it's always going to lead you down to a dead end. But if you listen to the right voice, you're going to make right choices. And how do you hear that? By being in a place where it's just you and God, that you can be get intimate with him. And then he goes on to say the next step, watch this. And he says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do, you, do, uh, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. And when I broke this, these verses down, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly in my time with him in the closet. And I called it three types of praying people. Three types of praying people. Out of this makeup, of out of these verses, God gave this to me. Number one, playing the part. You could be playing the part. You notice what Jesus said? He said in that verse, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. You see, many of us can say we're Christians, but James 2.19 says even demons believe there's a God. We can say that he's a God. We can say that he's Lord. The Bible said they can honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God doesn't want a pretender. God wants one that's going to have a heart after him, that will seek him. I always say this, saying all the right things, but not living it out. We can say all the right things, but not living it out. Look at me, Sandra D. I know how to pray efficiently. I know how to pray out loud. I know how to pray with confidence. But God doesn't look at the outward appearance, as it says in 1 Samuel 16, 7. He looks at the heart, the motive, and the intentions of your heart. So are you playing the part? Or this, looking to, uh, to be impressive to man with many words, but shallow with God? You see, God says, listen, he doesn't want you to please man. He wants you to please him. Are we trying to please man or are we trying to please God? I always find this to be true. Man will let you down, but God will lift you up. Are you trying to please man or are you trying to please God? The second type of person for praying people is this, being the part being the part, being who you are called to be. You never look at the word Christian. The word Christian means 
Christ-like. In other words, be in the image of him. The Bible says that you are transformed into the very image of God. I love that he's transformed us by the renewing of our minds. He's transformed our heart. He's made us new creation. He made us that way in the image of him so we can be the part, that we can be the part. You see, listen, actions speak louder than words. Action shows that you mean business with God. And that's what God wants you to be. Be the part of who you are. I don't know about you, but when I was in junior high, I was in a play called What Goes On with Yellowberg's Wigwamp. And I played one of the back people, just one of the minute play people. But I had a part to play in the play. And I did it with all exuberance and all excitement. Man, and people recognized me because I was really playing out my part. What God wants you to do is play your part as a Christian. Another one is this. In Matthew 21, 22, he says, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. You see, you have to believe, and you have to be who God's called you to be. If you say you are a Christian, then live it, and you start living it by being in the closet. The third person about a playing person is thinking you're smart. I love it. The Bible says in verse 7 of that, that verse is that because of their many words, man, they, they can speak a dictionary. They can speak Webster, maybe dictionary down frontwards and backwards. They know all the elegant words and everything. But God's not looking for that. He's looking for heart. I love this. You can always buy talent. You can always find talent. But you can't buy a heart that's full of God. You can't buy a heart that's full of God. Talent, gifts, all these things are available. But you can always buy that. But what changes a person is their heart. Let me ask you a question. What about you? Where is your heart with God? I hope and pray that you choose today to be the person who seeks after God in the secret place. What person are you? You see, here's the key. Here's the key. In that chapter, if you noticed a verse 8, it says in verse 8, it says these words. Verse 8 says, is the key verse. This is the key verse for you. Is the key verse that God knows what you need before you ask. God knows what you need before you ask. So stop all the babbling. Stop all the many, many words and trying to be so elegant. Get to the point. I love this. Stop with the shotgun prayers. Get to the point with God and your needs. What do you mean a shotgun prayer? If you're anything like a hunter, a shotgun shoots out many BBs. It has a pattern and it spreads and hopefully it'll hit a pheasant or a quail, whatever the case that you're aiming at, but it spreads because the bird is flying off and so you have a different pattern. And so you're likely to hit something, but you're barely maybe hitting it. But a bullet, a 30 out 6 bullet, what happens with that? It's singular. It's aimed at a target, and wham, you hit that bullseye with one shot. That's what God wants you to be. He don't want you to be that shotgun thing and throw up a bunch of prayers and hopefully you're hit something. God wants you to be specific with your prayer life. Be that bullet. Stop throwing out all these shotgun prayers. You have to be like the persistent widow who desired her liberty. That was her prayer. That was her desire. What is your desire? I love this. God always, God is always, always, always a step ahead of you. 
He's always a step ahead of you. He knows what you need before you think it, you need it. He knows what you need before you think you need it. God is always a step ahead of you. You know, I, I love watching my daughter and Kristen and Donna, now most recently Donna, as I watch them raise their sons and their daughters, it's been so fun watching that because what happens is they are so rigid on the time of feeding. So here's a prime example. Donna, she feeds Kinsley at 2 o'clock. So she knows that Kinsley's feeding time is at 2 o'clock. So even though Kinsley may not be crying or may not be, man, a wet her diaper or whatever, Donna is ready to go at 2 o'clock. She's already planned. She already knows what Kinsley needs. So before even Quin Kinsley cries or whimpers or anything like that, Donna is ready with the, bo uh, the bottle. That's how God is. He's always a step ahead. He's ready to take care of you. But all you have to do is come to him. Jesus said you come near to God and he'll come near to you. He's a step ahead of you waiting for you to come. He has your bottle ready so that you stop crying and murmuring and start seeking him. That's what God wants to do. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, I love these verses of Scripture because it gives us specific instructions. Line upon line, precept upon precept. In Matthew 7, verse 7, it starts out this way. Ask, and it will be given to you. Notice the first word, ask. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. I thought it was funny some time ago when I was pastoring in Burnsville, Pastor Pat, who was our seniors pastor, she had a gremlin, one of those things that you could navigate things, and it was a navigation system, and we would put it on our dashboard, and wherever we would go out as a, as a fellowship or as a staff, we would go to certain places, she would turn that on. And she had this, the name for her, her uh, navigation system, and his name was Henry. And what Henry would do, we'd type in the address of where we were going. We're going to go to such and such a place. And then we put hit, and all of a sudden it said, in route to wherever we were going. And Henry was so funny. Henry would guide us, turn left here, turn right here. And we would tease Pastor Pat. Pastor Pat, Henry's talking to you today. And she'd get all blushy and, oh, I got to change the voice. I need a girl voice. Oh, but Henry likes you. The whole point of that was is this. We had to ask Henry for the address. And then what did we had to do? We had to seek out the address. And once we got to the address, guess what we did? We knocked on the door, and the doors opened. You know, I think that's a funny story, but that's true in our life with God. God, I'm coming to you, I'm asking. And not only am I asking God, but I'm seeking. And not only am I seeking God, but I'm knocking. Behold, you stand at the door and you knock in our lives. If we open the door, you will come in. If we knock, you're open the door and we can come in. But you have to follow out that sequence. I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, and I'm going to knock. And when I do, I'm going to find you. And when I find you, you're going to have the answers for my life. But if you're not asking, seeking or knocking, you can't expect. And he goes on to say, he said, for anyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, as your son, asks for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. A snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You see what he says? Who ask him. And that's what is so cool. Who ask him. In verse 8, it says this. Anyone who asks, anyone, that's you and me, anyone who asks, God does not show favoritism. Romans 2.11. So ask. Stop making excuses that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough to approach the throne of grace. God said anyone who asks. It doesn't matter race, color, or creed. God says you come and you ask and I will deliver. But you got to go and you got to ask. Stop thinking that God loves this person more than you. Stop thinking that you're not worthy and they are. You got to quit putting yourself in a category and stop labeling yourself because when you come to Jesus, Jesus takes all those labels off you and accepts you just as you are. And I want to encourage you today, God doesn't show favoritism. A lot of times we don't ask because we ain't desperate enough. A lot of times we don't ask because we're not desperate enough. You see, what happened at the book of Acts in Acts chapter 3? He was what? He was crippled. He was at the gate beautiful. And he went every day asking. He was begging. He was begging. And sometimes we got to get desperate enough in our lives that make us move to ask. I love in Luke 18, starting with verse 1, about the persistent widow. She never gave up asking until she got her liberty. Let me ask you, are you desperate enough? Maybe we're not down in our luck more than we think we are. We have all this time right now, more time than we ever had. But let me ask you, I always say, the pastor who is not praying is plain. The people who are not praying are strained. Are you praying or are you strained during this time off? This is a time where you can get in with God and get close with him. I always say this, thirst thirst drives us to water. Hunger drives us to food. Desperation, desperation drives us to God. Are you desperate enough? Are you desperate enough? You see, quit your complaining and your arguing and being all upset. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. God cares for you. Pray, listen to this, pray not the problems, pray the answers. Pray not the problems. God already knows your problems, but pray the answers. God, give me the wisdom and help me in the situation in my life. Give me the answers to my solution. Give me the answers. I love this. Choose prayer over despair. Choose prayer over despair. I always say, weak when I kneel, but powerful when I rise. I may be full of despair. Maybe I'm going through discouragement, feeling depressed, but I choose prayer over despair. Peace happens. Now, you got to get this. Peace happens when people pray. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And when you have joy, it eliminates all the distractions. Joy introduces you to peace. You have joy because you are happy and fulfilled inside. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness. Peace happens 
when people pray. Worry centers on self. Worry centers on self. It's all about me. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Look at me. I'm going down. I don't have this. I don't have that. Worry centers on self. Maybe you're going through a lot of worry about right now because you're centering on yourself of what you have, what you don't have, and what you want. But listen to this. Faith centers on God. You see, when you put your faith in God and you trust God and you see how big and awesome and mighty your God is, man, knowing that he is the great and awesome God that he created in the heavens and earth, you know what that does? It gives you faith or encouragement or uh, hope of knowing that everything is okay because I serve a mighty God and I put my trust in him. I love in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54 through 61, Leading up to these verses of Scripture, it's Solomon. Solomon, as many of you know, was the wisest man on the planet. And leading up to verse 54, I want to encourage you to read these chapters. Read 1 Kings chapter 8, 22 through 61. Read that chapter, 1 Kings chapter 8, 22 through 61. And what that is talking about is Solomon reminding God of the promises of reminding God of the promises. God, you promised to forgive us. You promised, Lord, to provide for us. You promised to protect us. You promised to be with us. But what really jumped out in these verses is 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54 through 61. And I know that time's getting away, so i got to go quickly. But I want to read this to you real quickly. It says these words. He said, when Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplication, Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, and 9. That's what he's talking about. Present your supplications or your requests before God. And that's what Solomon did. How do you do that? Through prayer. He says, these prayers and supplications to the Lord. He rose from before the altar of the Lord. In other words, he was in the secret place where he had been kneeling with his hands spread up towards heaven. Can you just see that picture? I decrease, God. You increase. He's surrendering to get the victory, not only in his life, but in the people he was charge of. Husbands and wife, you need to surrender to get the victory, not only for your life, but for leading your kids in their lives. And he goes on to say, he said, he stood. And he blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice saying, check this out. Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he has promised. God's word is yes and amen. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish that what it said it will do. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he's gave through his servant, Moses. Did you get that? Not one word has failed. Our God says he cannot lie. That is not his nature. That is not his character. That is not who he is. He is a God of truth. He is a God of honor. And he is a God of love. God's word will not return void. And he loves you. What has he promised you that you've given up on the promise? God never gives up on the promise. His gifts and his calling are irrevocable. What has he promised to you that you have given up on? Not God. Then he goes on to say, May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors past. 
may he never leave us nor forsake us. Now, now, may he never leave us or forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees, and laws as he gave our ancestors. To me, that is exciting. That is so exciting. If you notice, everything started with a prayer first. Then the response came. Everything started with a prayer first. Then a response came. You can't expect to get a paycheck without going to work. You have to work, and then the response comes in the form of your paycheck. It's the same way with God. Everything starts with prayer first. Then the response comes. You see, God is moved. I want you to get this. God is moved by reminding him of his promises to his people. That's you and I. Ask, seek, and knock. God gets moved. God gets moved. If you ever been around people, there are people that always have to feel like they're rescuers. They need to be needed. God needs to be needed by his people. He loves you. He needs to be needed by you because he wants to take care of you. I love this. The heartbeat of God is to rescue his people in their time of need. Ask. That's God's heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. And every time he sees you in the time of need, his heart starts to race because he's waiting for you to ask. I love this. Verse 57. Was Solomon's ancestors? He was Solomon, and he also asked. God wants you to ask. But I go back to 1 Kings 8, 59. Now watch this. It says this. May all these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and cause his people, Israel, according to each day, needs. In other words, saying that I'm going to be with you every day and I'm going to bring fresh manna to you every day but you seek me. Listen to this. God makes provision for each day, not just for your retirement. Did you get that? God makes provision for you each day and not just for your retirement. We are always tucking things away for later on in life. But God said, no, I'll make provision for you today, right now. I love this. Live in the moment of his blessings each day. Live in the moment of his blessings each day. Don't take them for granted. Instead, thank him. I close with these verses of scripture. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 through 34, I love how he starts it all. He talks about the pagans. He says this, for the pagans run after all these things. What is he talking about? Maybe material gains, possessions, all the things. That's the pagans that run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But watch what he says in verse 33. But seek first. Prayer is the key in the morning and the bolt at night. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well.
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What is God saying to you today? Seek him first. Seek him first. Is he at the top of your priority list or is he at the bottom of the rung? Seeking God first. You listen to this. Less worrying and more praying brings less stress and his best. Pastor Sherry, I want to bring her in here today. My prayer is to you today is seek God first. The first step, and this is the first rung to the secrets in the closet, that we had to set the tone that you have to be in the closet to obtain the secrets. And the closet gives out the secrets, but that closet is the closet of prayer and being still before the Lord. Pastor Cheryl, I want us to pray. Will you pray over the Venture Church and all the listeners today that God will give them ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? Lord Jesus, we do come before you. And Lord, I just pray as Pastor CJ has just finished preaching that, Lord, that we will all have ears to hear. That, Lord Jesus, as he said over and over again, that we have to just ask. We just ask. We just pray to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we know that you've never left us nor forsaken us. No matter what it seems like right now, no matter what's going on, Lord, you are our great provider. You are our great physician. Lord, you can do all things. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, we would submit ourselves to you and that we would ask you, Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Lord, that you would give us creativity and wisdom and knowledge and how to handle different situations. Lord, pour out a special anointing on each one, Lord, that, Lord Jesus, we can go forward in you. Lord, help us, Lord, to be hearers of the word and not only hearers, but doers of the word. Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray that you will be with everybody, everyone this week. Lord, help them to just see all the good that is going on around them. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you that this is the day that you have made. We, we, Adventure Church and all our listeners, make a choice today to rejoice. We thank you, God, and we give you all the praise. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all our listeners today said, amen. amen. God bless you. See you next Sunday. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.